0: What's up, Bills Mafia? This is Gravy Russo, defensive end for the Buffalo Bills, and you are listening to the Lockdown of Jake Jordan. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. This is The Lowdown. I am your host, Jake. And as always, I have one of my brothers with me to help bail me out on a podcast in the offseason. Adam, from work, what is going on, man?
1: <laughs> Not much, buddy. I'm just uh, taking a little break here from from doing some work and talking sports with you.
0: Well, I mean, it's definitely a uh, it's it's definitely a welcome conversation as opposed to what we could be talking about, which is now that there is a damn hurricane <laughs> heading towards <laughs> us. So if anybody is listening to this and this is the last time you ever hear from me or Adam <laughs> or even Justice who lives in Tampa, uh, just know that the hurricane got us. Hurricane Elsa came in with all the might of the two frozen movies and all the spin-offs to absolutely destroy us. But Adam, there's things we got to get into. There's a couple of things uh that have come up that we got to talk about because you know, it we're Buffalo Bills fans and we got to talk about it because what else is there to fucking talk about? There's nothing. It's boring out here. It's like the Wild West like, if it's like, oh, what is Bill's Mafia going to talk about? It's like a fucking tumbleweed. And then far beyond that tumbleweed is that Cole Beasley vaccine talk. And I'm not fucking touching it. So, <laughs> so I <won't>. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's just uh, totally ridiculous everything that gone has gone on with that. But we got a few things we're going to hit. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is for the 800th time and possibly... Uh, Probably not the last. Zach Ertz is supposedly coming to Buffalo. And if it's going to happen, it's happening today. We are recording this Friday morning. And this is coming up Friday afternoon. And the report yesterday said within 48 hours, I'm calling bullshit on it. But I'm still going to buy into it because I will take every opportunity to talk about us upgrading our tight end position. What do you think, Adam? Like, you just hear... Zach Ertz is coming to the Bills again. Obviously, it seems like we're the only bidder. How does how does it feel like all of this feel for you?
1: I'm genuinely just curious as to what they're gonna actually do because Philly is in a in a spot where he doesn't want to play for them. He doesn't want to be there. He's already made it clear he doesn't want to be there. He hasn't I don't know shown what up to anything. He's not showing up. I don't know what they're holding on to. They're going to get nothing for him. And Bean is sitting there, like he already said. You know, he, he said, We're going to be looking to make moves, but basically, we, we're we going to do it financially wise. We're not going to be yeah, we're on that a budget. That. We're not big spenders. We're, and so he made it clear he's not doing anything that is going to break the bank. And so. He fits us. He keeps being linked to us. All the other teams that were in the market for him have gone and made additions because they basically figured out the Eagles wanted too much. And now it's getting to the point in the year where the Eagles are either going to need to cut him or just take whatever they can get. And I have a feeling that Bean is still just saying, hey, here's a seventh rounder.
0: Dude, 100%. I think it's got like... There's got to be some sort of deal when it comes to this, right? Like, obviously, if the Eagles cut him, they get nothing. But all of the suitors for Zach Ertz have, you know, dried up. There's no one that's really in talks to get him. Uh, It was the Chargers at one point. Mm -hmm. And then they went and signed Jared Cook. Mm -hmm. So... Like, there was a report that came out, like, a month ago now. God, time is just flying. This is the last month without NFL football.
1: Thank Thank
0: the Lord. But legitimately, a report came out, and it was like, oh, the Chargers are still talking to the Eagles. I'm like, no, the hell, they're not. That report just came out because they're trying to strong arm the Bills still, probably. So... (laughs) Now, now it's whittled, whittled down to just the bills. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure because Howie Roseman keeps getting a phone call every week. I think you said this. He keeps getting a phone call every week from Brandon Bean. It's just like, <laughs> hey, that seventh rounder's still sitting there. He's like, no, we want a we want a fourth rounder. Okay, yeah, I'll call <laughs> you again on. next week. <laughs> <laughs> call him back. That seventh rounder's still sitting there. And eventually Howie Roseman's going to realize, look, either I'm going to cut this guy and get nothing or I'm going to get a seventh rounder and like Harrison Phillips or something. I mean, like the
1: thing, like at at my job right now, you know, we're dealing with a situation where we're going back and forth with people uh, on a negotiation. And it's like the longer you drag it out, the more we take away things. (laughs) So it's like at one point we were offering, you know, a really good deal. And now it's like, hey, at this point, uh, you're lucky if I give you anything. So,
0: yeah, right. I, at I, this I think point, Bean
1: is kind of sitting there going, look, I gave you a good offer back, you know, three months ago. You wouldn't take it. So and now you're desperate. You need me. So, if you want anything for him, here you go. I will give you a if seventh you want, rounder.
0: <laughs> if you want anything more than a seventh rounder, and some practice squad, dude, <laughs> like, then... Uh,
1: I'll wait for you to cut him, and I'll sign him myself.
0: <laughs> and and see, that's the problem. I think if they cut Zach Ertz, and he goes and gets maybe bigger money somewhere else, I think, in my mind, it's almost a lock. If he gets cut, he's going to the Colts. Even though they have a couple decent tight ends, I think just the amount of history that's there with the offense and Wince and all that stuff, I think it's almost just like a given if he gets cut, he's going to the Colts just because that is just as much of a sure thing as going to the bills at this point. It's so a, it's a
1: good possibility. It just depends where he wants to sign a veteran minimum. And here's the thing. If I'm Zach Ertz and I'm probably going to, if I get cut and I'm probably going to have to sign a vet or mm. just a small, you know, $2 million contract or something kind of on a prove it deal. Yeah. Where would you rather go to be able to prove it and get a better deal the following year? Would you rather go to Buffalo where we've got very unproven talent at tight end and you could probably be the shining star? Or would you rather go to Indianapolis where you're going to be buried on a depth chart?
0: Well, see, here's my thing. I don't think he gets buried on a depth chart if he goes to Indy. I think just the amount of uh, what, what would you call the familiarity with Zach Ertz and Carson Wentz and Frank Reich. I think he would almost be the lock to be the favorite tight end. I think if there's a, uh, I think if you're really looking at it though, I think that the bills are a more pass heavy offense. So you're going to get more targets. And he, I wouldn't be surprised like most players that come here and we'll talk about this later with a different topic. Most players come to Buffalo and they have career years. Because Josh Allen just throws the damn rock to you. And if he had that solid, reliable tight end, which, you know, people will argue till the cows come home, whether Zach Ertz is a reliable tight end flash. he made it to the Pro Bowl in 2019. That was only two years ago. And the Eagles were dog water last year. So <laughs> I nobody was making the Pro Bowl from that team. So just just talking about I think Zach Ertz is probably a pro bowl tight end if he comes to the Bills. Like completely honest with you, I think just the amount of times we pass and give Josh Allen that out like hey, Zach Ertz is going to be there if you can't find anybody. Then I I think that that's I think that that's almost a given and why there's two sides to the sword. Yeah, he can go and be in a familiar system or he can go to another system which loves to just throw the damn ball. So, and as much as everybody wants to bring up, oh, I think they're going to run it a little bit more this year. I think they're going to run it probably about the same, but it's going to be a little bit more effective. But I don't (laughs) think they're running it more. I think if a team... can't, Yeah, exactly. If a team cannot stop the passing offense, just look at Pete Carroll last year. He was like, well, we thought they were going to run the ball a little bit more after the game. That is legitimately... A, NF, a veteran NFL head coach being like, yeah, we got got. Like, we thought that they were going to run the ball, but they just didn't. Yeah, because your <laughs> pass defense was so bad. Why would D- we stop?
1: <laughs> Dable literally went into that week, and he said, okay, all these run plays that are in the playbook, throw it out. Here's your playbook <laughs> for this week.
0: Yeah, We are going it's to like throw the-, the ball only. <laughs> At that point, god, the Seahawks were still like the historically worst defense ever in the NFL. Oh, so it was just like, oh yeah, let's throw the ball on them. Oh, they can't stop it. Oh, Jamal Adams isn't doing anything for them. Oh, this is going to be fun. All right, let's get it. Like <laughs> that's that's what happened and we and Why would you not want to join that? Like, hey, this team when the passings going my God, everybody's getting the damn rock. So if you're Zach Gertz, why not take that? But
1: my whole thing is, we 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 averaged 31 points a game last year, 31,
0: which is insane.
1: That's that is a big time offense right there. And you're talking about a a team that is bringing back its O line, just added another running back to the backfield. So we've got a stable of running backs. We got a, mm-hmm. con- we've got continuity with the O line. You still got Diggs and Beasley, and now you added Emmanuel Sanders, and it's like you stick Ertz in that offense, we're scoring
0: thirty five points a game. <laughs> like, yeah, we're we're just averaging one more touchdown a game, probably. Like,
1: like that's, that's... gonna be an offense that just is unstoppable.
0: You, what I mean, do you do. What And when I read you some like stats here, I'll just go... Because I wanted to talk about our tight end room right now. We're just going to say that probably the locks are, at this point, I think Jacob Hollister, Dawson Knox, and Tommy Sweeney. I think those are the three tight ends that you're keeping right now at this moment. But that's just yeah. me. Some people might think Reggie Gilliam. Maybe there's some other guy that I don't know what I'm talking about. But just tell me this. Do you think that... Last year, Zach Ertz, in that offense, would have given us more than 288 yards in three touchdowns. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Like, and don't get me wrong, I know that that number is skewed. Dawson Knox was out with the head injury when he got concussed during that play that we couldn't see during the Dolphins game. Um, But... It's I I think for sure, like if that's what our tight end production is, because when you look at the receiving charts, yes, we also have Tyler Croft who got 119 yards and three touchdowns. You're telling me that if you combine that, that Zach Ertz isn't good for more than 400 yards and six touchdowns. Like I, I think that guaranteed Zach Ertz is good for like one touchdown a game. And that's when people are going to maybe even two. He's a red zone threat. And, you know, that's what you want in your tight end. Like, he's just a way better version of Tyler Croft, who was clutch for us last year. So I think that just overall, Zach Ertz has been a Pro Bowl tight end. Yes, he's not your Travis Kelseys or your George Kittles. He's not like the super athletic guy, but the dude's reliable and he's kind of what you want in like an old type NFL tight end. And he's got hands, which is what you want. Yeah.
1: Jason Witten. And the thing is, he's only 31. People are acting like this dude is like 37 years old. He had a bad year on a team that was bad. They had a horrible O line. Their quarterback got benched and now is gone because, and people are forgetting that Carson Wentz went from being hailed as like the next star getting that massive contract to literally getting shoved out for a guy who had to transfer from Alabama to Oklahoma because he was worse than Tua, Tua. who is terrible.
0: And an Alabama offense that makes any quarterback look good.
1: Exactly. So, So, I mean, you're talking about a guy who, if he goes to any other offense, is probably going to put up better numbers and still be a highly productive tight end
0: yeah and people wanted to bring up like his injury history too I mean it basically was only last year I mean if you looked before that Zach Ertz barely missed any time with injury so that's really not a concern it's just a one-year thing everybody seems to think that Oh, it's going to carry into the next year. Like, no. If anything, I bet he kind of drug out some of those injuries too, just because he did not want to go back to that shitty ass team. Oh, for like, sure. He definitely. Did. I mean, players do. You're that still getting your time. checks. You're still getting they, your checks. So they do
1: that all the time.
0: <laughs> so, I I hundred percent think that if you add Zach Ertz, I mean, sorry, Tommy Sweeney, maybe or maybe Jacob Hollister, who knows? Even though I like Jacob Hollister. Um, I want
1: to keep Hollister. I think he's gonna be uh a Yeah, I I think
0: forward. yeah, I think an Ertz, Knox, and Hollister tight end room sounds massive. Like oh, yeah. I I like that. And then you can keep Tommy Sweeney on the uh on the practice squad. Like that sure. doesn't matter. You can you can keep that guy just in case someone goes down. Um but the big thing is uh Everybody was at tight end university that just happened. It was the summit that Kittle and uh, and Kelsey held with a bunch of tight ends, old and new, and they all got to learn together. Well, Zach Ertz was at that and Dawson Knox was at that. And even Dawson Knox w- was asked about the Ertz rumors and said, hey, I'd love to bring a guy like that in. Like we just need as much production as we can get. And that's a guy who's proven. And anything that makes the room better is good. And I'm just seeing. I'm just sitting here like, you know, it almost seems like every main position group, right? Josh Allen had a mentor. The running backs, Devin Singletary had a mentor, In the wide receiver room, we brought in John Brown and Cole Beasley to be mentors. We have, I mean, Tyler Croft. Say what you want. I don't think he's a mentor, but maybe he's that's not. just me. No. He's so, not. yeah. So, but if you bring in a Zach Ertz, a guy who's won a Super Bowl, was a main part of that Super Bowl, and also like I think that immediately upgrades your tight end room, and every tight end in there can learn something from a guy like that. Oh, like you can and, teach Knox to be better, which is why I think Brandon Bean is probably bringing that in. Like, hey, we think Dawson Knox is our guy of the future, right? But it, maybe it doesn't hurt to bring in a guy like Zach Ertz who can help teach them a thing or two since the dude has seen a thing or two. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think, I think that that overall is just, like a
1: farmer's I, insurance commercial. Exa- <laughs> I, I
0: I didn't want to bring it up, but I, that's exactly what it, we, we, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two, um, but just piggybacking. Off of that. Uh, I guess since we're talking about receiving, we'll end on Josh contract stuff. But uh a big thing that's happening is uh Lamar Jackson slash Baltimore Ravens fans were getting a little crazy on Twitter these last couple weeks. Uh there's been a big thing, and I don't know why the media is pushing this narrative, but everybody's talking about uh Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen, who's the better quarterback already from the from that what is that 2018 it's the 2018 class and yeah i, think so. I believe so that's the class of 2018 and don't get me wrong lamar jackson is good in his own right he has a different style of play um i th- i think there's holes in his game just like maybe there's some holes in josh allen's game but i think there's a lot less holes in josh Allen's game plus i think he's more he's He's a more pure pocket passer, but they were putting their numbers against each other, and they were really cherry-picking certain stats. They didn't put up – like, if you really wanted to compare Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, one thing everybody says is, oh, Lamar Jackson won an MVP. And I think that that's probably the dumbest argument because for Bills fans – you can just pull up the stats from Lamar's MVP season and show that Josh Allen completely destroyed that this season. Like, the only reason Josh Allen isn't an MVP, and Chris Sims has said that, and multiple people have, is because Aaron Rodgers decided he wanted to go be from another planet this year. Yeah, he's so, like
1: astronomical numbers. Yeah, no, like, even, I believe his. Fair.
0: <laughs> yeah, I believe he literally almost was like perfect in everything. And I think
1: he was, what, 47 touchdowns or something like that? Yeah. Four picks? He it threw, was like, four re- interceptions all year? Like, that's, that's yeah. nuts.
0: It, it was straight-up ridiculous. And it's like, okay, well, if Aaron Rodgers didn't exist or if Aaron Rodgers decided to have that play, that type of play, in what was – I think Lamar Jackson won it in 2019. He won the MVP. So if – Aaron Rodgers did that. Lamar Jackson wouldn't even been in MVP conversation. Okay, yeah, he, him and the Ravens. It's it's a lot different. The situations are a lot different, and I think it's more impressive with Josh Allen because, and we haven't even talked about the big thing that they're throwing out there right now. But the big thing with Josh Allen is he started on a shitty team. He was the what was it? It was the seventh pick, right? We picked him with the seventh pick.
1: It was a god awful team. I mean,
0: yeah. He came into a shitty team while Lamar Jackson got picked at the end of the round and went to a good team. That was... I think that's the big thing. Lamar Jackson got thrown into a situation where you can have success very easily. That was that was the thing. They, they had all the pieces already, and they tailored it around Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen got thrown into a shitty team who had just had a horrible record, and uh, it was... My God, like I'm just trying to think of that Bills team that he Our got thrown into room was
1: awful. Z- Robert it Foster was, like, was the best person on the team.
0: Yeah, like as we didn't even have. Room. Yeah, we got, didn't have guys like Watkins anymore or anything like that. It was just no, like it was Robert Foster, <laughs> and then Kelvin Benjamin was on that first team, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, like that. That team was god awful. And Josh Allen has built himself. Now the Bills are, one, it's a testament to our GM and all of that, but it's also Josh Allen has elevated the players that come in too. Just talk about John Brown was a 1,000-yard receiver his first year with the Bills as the primary receiver, right? Mm -hmm. Like, And that was when Josh took the first step. That was year two which yeah. a lot of people were like, oh, that's a that's a nice here. Let me pull up my Josh Allen career stats here. He
1: made he made Cole Beasley into a <laughs> into Yeah. A he,
0: he sure did. Let's just talk about that jump for everybody's heard it, that jump from year 1 to year 2 from 52% completion percentage to 58 and then from 2000 yards to 3000 yards. And, you know, I can go into all the statistics, first down percentage, all that. Overall, my dude just got significantly better the second year, right? But it was still Mm -hmm. like, yeah, well, 58% completion percentage. You know, that's still not amazing. That's average quarterback play at best. That's not really franchise quarterback play. Well, let's talk about this year's jump because – this year's jump, according to Ravens fans on Twitter, obviously it's not all Ravens fans, but a lot of ones on Twitter are saying that the jump is primarily because we signed Stefan Diggs. And that is the only reason Josh Allen took that jump. Totally disregarding that he made a jump from year one to year two. That didn't happen. But because he made such a big jump it's all because of Stefan Diggs. Now, before I throw stats and stuff out there, Adam, what do you think about that argument?
1: I I have a I have a few thoughts on that argument.
0: One, all right, hit me. That's
1: that's a really stupid argument as far as just being because of Stefan Diggs. Because if you're gonna make that argument, you could make that argument with anybody. I mean, I don't hear anybody saying that um what's his name out in Arizona? Uh, Kyler, Kyler Murray. Murray. I don't hear anybody saying, oh, Kyler Murray is making huge strides only because they acquired DeAndre Hopkins. Like it, that That's a stupid argument because, yeah. of course, if you acquire a big-time receiver, that helps out the rest of the receivers as far as freeing up space and things for them. It makes the offense better. That's the point. You're supposed to want to make your offense better. But mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs the last time I checked wasn't throwing the ball to himself. So uh, that's a dumb argument. (laughs) The reason Josh Allen made a big jump from year two to three, if you look historically at how, you know, they basically say from year one to two, you expect either a drop back or a slight drop off because usually from year one to two teams start to figure out quarterbacks from year two to three, if you're going to be a franchise type quarterback, they say from year two to three is usually the biggest indicator. You want to see a large leap forward from year two to three, because after that second year is usually when you expect a quarterback to have really learned the playbook, to really learn how to read an NFL defense, to really adjust to the game speed. And you want to see a huge leap from year two to three. And that's Mm -hmm. what we saw from Josh Allen.
0: Did Stephon
1: Diggs help? Of course. You can't say he didn't help, but any good receiving uh, team is going to help out their quarterback because they're going to give him, you know, places to put the ball. But that is literally the point of playing football. You want people to be open to throw the ball too. But, I mean, if you are a Buffalo Bills fan and you watch Josh Allen play, he makes a lot of throws to Stephon Diggs and other guys where oh, they're yeah? not I'll... open. They're not open. <laughs> he just throws and, it in. And,
0: and I'll get into that because I've got all of the receiving stats for every single receiver this year on the bills, just so that we can uh, sit here and talk about the other receivers that apparently don't matter to this Josh Allen jump. Uh, apparently it's only Stefan Diggs. Uh, but the jump we're talking about is Josh Allen from 2019 to this past season. Uh, Went from 3,000 yards to 4,500 yards, 58% completion to 69% completion. Yeah, that's totally all because of Stefan Diggs. All That that 11% jump up was because of Stefan Diggs. And he went from starting his career at 169 completions to the second year, 271 completions to 396 completions. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to tell me that Josh Allen specifically has only gone up in completion percentage. And this is every year also jumping up in the amount of times he's attempting to throw. Every single year, he's gotten more and more comfortable of throwing the yeah. ball. It shows a franchise
1: quarterback developing. It doesn't show Stefan Diggs coming in and making
0: him better. <laughs> and let's talk about it because Stefan Diggs was amazing this year. Oh,
1: 121 phenomenal.
0: Yeah, 127 receptions, 1,535 yards, 12.1 yards per reception, a 55-yard lo- is his long. He caught a 55-yard uh, touchdown, and then eight touchdowns. That's phenomenal. Like, Stephon Diggs is the number one, and I can't compare that because I haven't looked at what John Brown's stats were the year before when he was the number one, but I believe John Brown also had around hundred receptions. Like when you're the number one in this offense, Josh Allen's going to throw it to you. Mm-hmm. Right? So the next person under Diggs was Cole Beasley, 82 receptions, 967 yards. Yeah. That's close to a thousand. There were almost 2000 yard receivers on this team, 11.8 yards per reception, a 35 yard long touchdown and four touchdowns. Right? So I would say that's pretty decent. Then we have got Devin Singletary here who had better receiving numbers than he did rushing numbers. <laughs> and then uh ironic. <laughs> and then the yeah, right. And then the guy that we always have been talking about on here, Gabe Davis. I want you to tell me if this isn't somebody who's also really contributing to this. Gabe Davis, 35 receptions, 600 yards, right? Think about that. Six, 600 yards on 35 receptions, 17.1 yards long of 56, and then seven touchdowns. That's yep. one less than Stefan Diggs. Yep. One. I mean, let's talk about it. This is a rookie wide receiver, but no, Stefan Diggs is the only reason that this guy, Stefan Diggs caught one more touchdown than this rookie. All right? This guy and Stefan Diggs is great, but Gabe Davis, also showed last year with less less snaps, like it just as much production or even more efficiency on production, just she's because big, go ahead. I was gonna say he's a
1: big play receiver.
0: Yeah, he's big play. And John Brown, who was out most of the season, 458 yards, three touchdowns, Isaiah McKenzie, just a guy that nobody wants to talk about, and a guy who I think that if the whole Cole Beasley fiasco does blow up into something it's not supposed to be and he actually follows through with his threat to retire isaiah mckenzie in the slot 282 yards on 30 receptions for five touchdowns wow that's uh one more than cole beasley um mm-hmm. so i mean i can keep going down the list we got dawson Knox three touchdowns i brought that up earlier like lee smith even caught two touchdowns like let's Josh Allen even caught a touchdown because he got one thrown to him. So <laughs> le- legitimately, I, I don't know why people want to say that Josh Allen, the only reason that he had this jump is, is Stefan Diggs. Yes, it's a big factor, but Stefan Diggs doesn't immediately bring your completion percentage up 11 points. Like there was a bunch of other receivers that also ate on this offense that we talked about when we talked about Zach Ertz, just being able to plug in here and he's going to get the rock. Josh Allen distributes it across the yard. All right. There's no denying that it's not like he sits there and just throws the ball to Stefan Diggs Every single down Diggs comes in, he's an elite receiver and it's an immediate upgrade already as, and I think a lot of this hate probably stems towards, uh, Lamar Jackson still not having a number one receiver like Josh Allen has. And maybe that's something that the Ravens need to Ravens fans need to deal with on their uh with their management. I have a net flying around me right now. This is ridiculous. Go away. <laughs> that's my thing though. Oh yeah, go ahead. Hit me with it. If if
1: Lamar Jackson added a number one receiver, I don't think it makes that much of a difference for him. Like, he's not the year he won MVP, he basically won it as a hybrid player. He was basically Mm. when you come out of high school and you're getting recruited, you and you're recruited as an athlete. He won the MVP because he did things that no quarterback has ever done because he basically was a running back
0: since Michael Vick. He he almost just looked like Michael Vick 2.0,
1: exactly. He he put up ridiculous video game numbers as far as running back numbers basically at the quarterback position. And when you're putting up that kind of numbers running the ball at the QB position, of course, you're going to be able to run the play action super well and hit open receivers for touchdowns and be super efficient because teams are so scared of you running. But then that was also one of the first years that people had seen him. Then they got tape on him. And as you saw last year, Teams regularly bottle them up, including Buffalo, and get them from from making plays. And that's different than Josh Allen. Josh Allen does it with his arm first, and because of his arm, teams back off and respect that he's going to beat them with his arm, and then he can use his athleticism to to beat them because he may not look fast, but he's fast.
0: I was about to tell you. uh, Let's talk about it. Lamar Jackson career rushing touchdowns nineteen. Josh Allen career rushing touchdowns twenty five. Exactly, (laughs) twenty five. So Josh Allen is a run. uh, That was a big thing too. Is a running back, but he also has a cannon. And guess what? It's accurate now. Exactly. That's why he took a big jump (laughs) because he worked on it. Yeah, we didn't we didn't even talk about that. We didn't bring it up. And he did it again this offseason. He went and got his mechanics mapped, digitally mapped, and found what he needed to change working with Jordan Palmer out Mm -hmm. in California, learning what and then he added basically, and I think this has to do he added that little Aaron Rodgers like hop Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: follow and his release point a little bit later. And that's what he learned doing this advanced mechanics, and you know all this shit's so crazy. But he did it, found what was wrong, and like it, it's completely it. changed the guy. He fixed it. And, and, and uh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's fine. It's fine. You can you can finish I, your throw. I was I was just gonna say that um, that's what you need to do always is just like learn like, and that's the thing when Josh Allen. He's the type of guy who's never going to stop trying to be better. And I love it.
1: Exactly. I was just going to say that the the thing that people forget too is when you're on a good team and a good offense, like he was last year and the year before, mm-hmm. you can throw shorter passes. You can run a more traditional offense because you're not behind. You're not constantly trying to throw bombs down the field. His first year, and he admitted it, his first year, that team was bad, and he was just oh, out yeah, there they trying to play hero ball. And he was throwing bombs left and right down the field, trying to complete passes. And his completion percentage of fifty-two percent was just as much to do with the fact that he was out there trying to play hero ball and throwing. I bet if you looked at his average yards in the air from that year to the year, to last year, it would be a huge difference because he was he was out there trying to just throw the ball over the field just to make plays. And last year he was throwing the ball purposefully. He was throwing the ball precisely because we were running our offense and he has guys that can make plays. So he really didn't throw the ball deep a whole lot last year because he didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady made a career as the GOAT. And if you watch him play, a majority of his throws are, you know, quick throws or medium throws he's not throwing bombs down the field constantly that's Mm -hmm. not that's not what he does so it's just kind of you know frustrating that people think that that's that's what it is
0: and one last one last thing on the lamar jackson thing before we uh move on to the last topic of talking about josh allen's contract um Lamar Jackson, I don't think it matters if they give him a number one receiver or not because of the system that they already have in place for him. Mm-hmm. The system that they have in place to take advantage of his skills which have already been shown that he's not the most prolific passer and he's very good in like just running schemes with two tight end sets. They have He has good tight ends and but receivers in that system do not flourish. And I don't think that if you add a number one receiver, like watch Sammy Watkins' numbers, even though they haven't been that good because he's been on the bench in uh, Kansas City, um, Sammy Watkins is not going to do anything. And I don't think it matters if you throw Stephon Diggs on that team. You just change and give Stephon Diggs to Lamar Jackson. And guess what? Stephon Diggs isn't having nearly as a career year as he had in Buffalo because it's just not the system. And I don't think, regardless, Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson is in his system. And when it gets figured out, I don't know what's going to happen to him as a quarterback. And one of the most impressive things I've seen is uh, nobody's asking who's going to be the next lamar jackson and take the next lamar jackson leap but espn and nfl say who's going to take the next josh allen leap like who's going to do that 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 makes me that's why i think josh Allen's the better quarterback because he has done something more impressive that no other quarterback has ever done before and that's what and you know close (laughs) Dude, it's it's funny too because on that list that I'm talking and referring to, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield were both on that list, both quarterbacks that were also drafted with Josh Allen. So Ooh. I mean, how can you make a Josh a Josh Allen leap after Josh Allen? I don't know. I think in the nobody can make those two guys can't make Josh Allen leaps. Maybe Sam Darnold can because he's on a better team. But technically they can't make the same Josh Allen leap because they're gonna have to do it in year four Josh Allen did it in year three that's what makes it different um but just moving into talking about Josh Allen we got one last thing to talk about before we end this all off it's the contract business baby there's one last thing everybody's got to get their contract everybody's get paid that is the part of the game that the care the uh, the players care so much about so Adam, Reports have come out that Josh Allen says that he is willing to do a team friendly deal to keep them competitive for the future. What are your initial thoughts on that? I'll tell you how I feel just really quick. I think that that's great. I love hearing that from our quarterback. He obviously is still going to get paid, but what do you think about him already like reports coming out saying he's willing to take a team friendly deal and how do you how do you View that. Do you think it's going to be a longer-term deal, and that's what makes it friendly, or do you think it's a hometown discount, like a lot of people think too?
1: I mean, my first reaction is not surprised one bit based on everything we know about him. Uh, oh yeah, and the kind of guy he is. Um, number two, he's a winner, and he knows that the only way we're gonna he's gonna keep a team around him and win Super Bowls, kind of like we've talked about in the past, is to not take an absurd amount of money, and Number three, I think he's going to do whatever Bean says is in the best interest of the team. He may sign a massive contract that is, you know, front loaded with signing bonuses and stuff. Mm -hmm. Or he may take a longer term deal that spreads the money out. I think that he'll literally sit down with Bean and Bean will say, "Okay, look, over the next, you know, six years, here's what our salaries kind of look like right now. You know, here's when people are going to be. Up for contracts you know and they're gonna put the money where they need to put it i think josh is the type of guy that's gonna basically say all right you tell me what i need to do to make this work and he's gonna do it
0: i i think that a big part of josh's contract negotiations with them sitting down and talking is going to be hey look we're gonna like they're going to show the financial side of it to him to be like look obviously they're going to give him the money He deserves Mm it. They're going to pay him, but they're also going to outline. They're going to be like, look, all right, we're going to do this deal, but this is how it affects the rest of the team. Like, Get him a little bit more involved with what – like, let let him have a little bit more plug in the front office just so that he knows what is going on. My viewpoint of all this is that Josh Allen is going to have a longer-term deal because if you lock Josh Allen in now – at let's say 10 years 40 to 38 to 40 million dollars per year per se right mm-hmm. in four or five years quarterbacks are going to be making way more money than mm-hmm. that quarterback market is going to be what
1: they did with my homes yeah and as you've seen they've already restructured the deal mm-hmm. and and that's exactly what i think they're going to do with josh they're going to say look yeah we're going to give you your money we're just going to move it around a lot and he'll say okay yeah. cool
0: Let's go. And it's going to be like, yeah, you're going to get this money. We're going to win. And quarterbacks, maybe four or five years from now, are going to be making $60 million per year, per se. But you're still going to be making this money. And they're going to be on teams that, like, we're going to stay competitive. And with the money that we save, we're going to be able to keep this team together and be able to go contend from championships. And let's not forget, Josh Allen has said that one of his heroes is Tom Brady. And what did Tom Brady do for the longest time? He took hometown discounts, but Josh Allen doesn't need to do that. But if he can keep the team competitive, he's, he already knows what that can do for a team when you look at the GOAT in Tom Brady, who won as many Super Bowls as he did because they were able to keep a team around him.
1: I mean so, me here's my thing.
0: Okay. If you're
1: yeah. Josh Allen yep. and somebody said you can get thirty million a year and possibly keep a championship level team together and have a shot to win, you know, even half as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady has won. Or mm-hmm. you can take forty five million a year and you know maybe win maybe one. win one. What would you choose? A hundred percent of the time, you're choosing Take less money, win the Super Bowls, especially yeah. if you're a winner like Josh Allen. And could you yeah, imagine it, him bringing multiple Super Bowls to Buffalo, like in
0: that brand new be, stadium that they're gonna build?
1: They would rename the city of Buffalo
0: after him. <laughs> like, the the street downtown would just be Josh Allen Ave. So,
1: I would be I I mean my son's middle name is named after uh, Dad. <laughs> yeah. It, but uh it happens to be Allen, so uh... it also
0: seems to be that the story can change <laughs> we'll the story can dad, dad, yeah can
1: we can we change his spelling <laughs> yeah can can we change the spelling he, for it dad would probably be like well he won us three Super Bowls, so yes you so can. <laughs> yes yes you can
0: i give full blessings and, for Alan,
1: that Town has already become josh allentown it's yeah i mean and he hasn't won us anything yet let's yeah, he, I know. If he wins us a Super Bowl, he might as well become the mayor. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he might. Yeah, he might as well just become the mayor of Buffalo. No, that's it's it's completely. I I love all of the theorizing and thinking of what can Josh Allen do with this money. And I think that one that keeps Stefan Diggs here for a long time, if he takes that kind of deal, you're able to keep these core pieces together for as long. Especially on our defense, we're gonna have guys that. You know, right now they're on rookie deals, but, you know, in like four or five years, say they do pan out and, you know, they're prolific pass rushers and stuff. We got to be able to have that money to pay them, you know, and yeah, yeah, you could. And it only gets better when you have a good team and you're able to just keep drafting people Mm -hmm. that you just fill in behind them. That's why New England was so good for so long because they had a team and then they just drafted people behind them so that whenever one of those guys eventually went down, it was like, oh, no, what are they going to do? They had a dude who's been sitting there for like two years just waiting to get in. like, And he's been going hard in practice and all that. And just the culture, I think, is just going to help build these guys up. So I think the Josh Allen contract, uh, do you have any predictions of when you think we'll see it? Do you think we see it before this season or is that a next offseason?
1: It's hard to say. I I think that, Bean wants to get it out of the way only so that the team can focus. But yeah. I don't, at the same time, I don't think Josh cares. I don't think he's focused on it whatsoever. But I think as long as it's hanging there, the media is going to be relentless about it. So, oh yeah, personally, I'd rather see it come out this offseason just to get it out of the way and move forward so the team can focus on going and getting a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I, I... Think, and this is just me and i know i'm not a general manager in the league but i just want to see josh allen come into this season and be the same type of player he was last season I if i see that if i see that i would feel more comfortable giving him that deal because there's been a ton of quarterbacks that have one good year and then get a big contract and then fizzle out while I don't think that Josh Allen is that type of player, you can never rule out that something like that could happen. So if I can see Josh Allen have another elite year next year, I don't care if I have to pay him a couple million dollars more because he went out and won MVP. Like, that's that's not my problem. Like, it's... But the problem is, I just don't... You don't want to get locked into a Goff or Carson Wentz situation to where they have a phenomenal year... And you're like, oh, God, we got to pay this guy. And then basically you've just got this shit stain on your cap space because eventually it turns out that he's not going to be that quarterback. And, yes, that's me just being cynical, but it's also being realistic and it's a possibility that you have to think of. So I would feel more comfortable giving that 10-year deal to Josh Allen after two years than I would just after one. So I'd like to see it next offseason – I don't think really. I think once the NFL season comes around, the NFL media is going to completely drop it unless Josh, until Josh Allen wins MVP and then they'll pick it up again.
1: But see, here's my thing. Okay. Josh, as a young quarterback, showed huge development. hmm. Goff and Wentz, while they had a good season statistically, and yeah. went out and got paid. Those GMs were being the typical GM where kind of how they, you know, we've talked about the way they get locked in on these QBs that they draft because the because ESPN hypes them up and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, like Trubisky and Darnold and all these guys. But in the past, it was Don't be like, throwing no
0: shade on Big Money Mitch. That's my <laughs> backup quarterback. In the
1: past, though, it's like if you watched golf, even in college. Oh yeah, just like Darnold was a turnover machine. He wasn't, you know, this polished big time arm. Like, and then he went to the Rams, and he wasn't that spectacular. And then McVay comes in with this, you know, unique system that teams weren't used to seeing, and they had success for a year. but if you watched him that year it was a lot of screen passes and mm-hmm. you know trick plays and throws to the tight end and you know it wasn't like he was out there throwing you know 40 yard lasers yeah. and, and right and over they,
0: the fingertips of Fred Warner while he's staring it down like it's like a golf shot
1: yeah, yeah. and and they went out and, and they went out and you know paid the guy that was stupid the same yeah. thing with Wentz. It was like, Wentz has been a turnover machine, but he had a yeah. good year, and they were like, oh, okay. Well, I guess all that other stuff was not him. This year was him. Whereas Josh, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, rookie year. He comes into a bad team. He's trying to play hero ball. He goes. He works in the off season. They get better players around him. He shows a big jump. Then they go and get better players. He works in the off season. He comes back. He has a almost MVP level season. It's like every single year he shows more and more facets to his game. He shows the ability to take it to the next level. He shows the ability to read a defense and beat a defense with his arm, with his legs. He's developing like you would expect a franchise quarterback to develop. Those other guys didn't do that, but they paid him anyways. Right. So which... for me, the only the only scary part for me is that one factor we've talked about several times, which is that it was COVID. There wasn't fans yep. in the stands. He could hear the defensive play calls, um, things like that. So, but at the same time, the defense could hear his play calls. So, yep. it, it, it's it's one of those things where do I think he's gonna have this you know massive leap again? Obviously not. There's not much room to leap.
0: But Unless he's at like 80% completion percentage, which he better win the damn MVP with that.
1: If he completes 80% of his passes and we don't win the Super Bowl, I would be.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: So, that would... I mean, I'd be okay if they paid him now, but I, I get where you're coming from. And, you know, it's always good to know for sure, but. You know, you still don't know for sure, even if he puts up another year like that,
0: yeah, exactly. It, what happens when Brian Dayball leaves like you you just don't know, but I think I think no matter what way you go, it's like i'm I'm like fifty one forty nine percent, right? Like I'd prefer that they wait another year. but if they pay him now, I'm not gonna be mad. I think a lot of people aren't gonna be mad. Of course, there's gonna be people on Twitter like, oh, you know, we shouldn't have done that, but like i'm 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 perfectly fine with whatever brandon bean see this is called trusting the process whatever brandon bean thinks is better then i will trust that like when we were in the draft he drafted two defensive ends i liked that but he drafted two tackles i didn't like that but just because i didn't like it it's like but you know what brandon bean knows something and you know we'll just we'll just see what it is and that's how i trust him with the uh With the Josh Allen contract so I think that that's going to be what it is well that was a good solid 51 minutes Adam we did it now I have to make sure that we get this out so all the lovely people are listening to this on a Friday afternoon maybe on their way from work getting ready for the weekend and as long as you don't live in Florida you're gonna have a happy July 4th weekend while all of us are down here trying to make sure that we do not die so From all of us down here in Florida, we hope you guys have an awesome July 4th. You have been listening to The Coolest Show in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. And I have been your host, Jake, along with my brother, Adam. And I will see you guys next week.